This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter 34 and we're about to go through a passage. Moses is going to ask for something. He's going to ask for something in regard to God and a relationship with him. And then God is going to go through because of what has happened. And by the way, that's not unusual in the Christian life for you to, for, for a group of people to start chasing after God. And then all of a sudden, a few of them decide that they're just going to go in another direction. And, and that happens. And there seems to be a whole lot of, a whole lot of discord and a whole lot of angst and a whole lot of worry and then all of a sudden god steps in and he renews that that passion that drive and that group of people move forward and you you see a great increase in god really moving that happens also in the christian life oftentimes people have a relationship with god they walk with god uh, as a young person maybe and then they go to college and they uh, they just go off to the pit pen and they decide they're going to sell their inheritance, all the things that they built up in the kingdom in order to live riotously, as Jesus said in the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Uh, so as you as they go through that, they just they burn all that up and waste it. But they get to the pig pen and they realize, man, I want to go back in the right direction. And they head in the right direction. And God renews his covenant with them. They, that covenant never went away, but he renews that relationship, that walk. And that's what's happening here for the children of Israel with Moses. And God's going God's gonna, to gonna give them some directions. He's, really what he's going to give them is a roadmap, a life plan. How do I do this thing called the Christian life? And you will see this type of roadmap throughout Scripture. But every time we come across it, I want to emphasize it because it really is God's got you go. Why does God put it so many times in Scripture? Why does God put that in Scripture so much? And I, I would say to you, the reason God puts that in Scripture so much is because we have to be told over and over again, have to be told over and over again how to chase after God. And when we're told over and over again how to chase after God, it finally, it finally sinks in. It finally does it. You know as well as I do. This is difficult stuff. It's spiritual stuff. It's not physical stuff. And when it's spiritual stuff, and we're not naturally spiritual because we weren't born naturally spiritual, we weren't born with the Spirit at all, when we get that Spirit and have to move forward with God and move forward with what He's doing, when, we ha when that happens in our lives, it's a learning process. It's a learning curve. And so we see that here. We see that uh, you've got to you've got to go through the process of God explaining over and over again. You experiencing, you trying it, you walking in it, and then all of a sudden, boom, uh, you're on your way. And when I say you're on your way, you're never at hyper warp speed on your way. You're just picking up speed on your way. And praise God, He allows us to pick up speed as we get older and figure out things more and be more a asset to His kingdom rather than a liability to his kingdom. And I praise God that he's given me a chance to be an asset for his kingdom. And if you're listening to this Bible study, it's the wrong likelihood you're working in that area 
yourself. He says, so Moses made haste and bowed his head uh, toward the earth and worshiped. Remember, God, God's explaining to him how he, who he is and, and gives him that insight, that New Testament insight into his graciousness and his mercy and his long-suffering and his abounding in goodness and truth. He gives them all that stuff, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. You just see that he, he does his work in a marvelous, powerful way. So Moses made haste and bowed toward the earth and worshiped. Then he said, if now I found your grace, found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, meaning I want you to be with us. I want you to be in your presence, actually, to be right there with us. And I want you, and he says, even though we are a stiff-necked people, meaning even though we're, we're, we're hard-hearted, remember that stiff-necked, hard-hearted, all those ideas of unwilling to uh, uh, listen, unwilling to do what God has asked us to do. He's, Moses is saying, if you're willing to be among us, even though we're who we are, Praise God, he is. We know he is, but now Moses didn't totally know that because Moses is never, no, Moses didn't have Moses to read about, so he had to explore this with God on his own. He says, if you'll go with us, even though we are stiff-necked people, hard-hearted, prone to wander, all that kind of stuff, he says, and pardon our iniquities and our sin, because he understood it. God couldn't be with them, and they couldn't move forward unless there was some payment for our sin. He says, "Important our sin, and take us as your inheritance, meaning make us part of your family. He says, if you're willing to do that, we're willing to go. We want to go. And that's one of those renewal times. That's a picture of that, that coming back, that repenting and coming back to God when the people have been well, hard-hearted and stiff-necked. And praise God, God is the God of the second chance. Uh, he's the God of the new opportunity. He's the God of the new day. Uh, the reason he didn't make life uh, just a long one day is because uh, we go, we have night and then morning, and it's a picture of God's grace being new every morning, his mercies new every morning. And God wants us to understand that even though we may fail, there is a there's an open door and an opportunity for us to chase after him. And that's what's going on here. He says, and he said, so God says, okay, here, here's the roadmap, and it's going to take us a couple of days to get through it. We got a couple of days, so why shouldn't we go through it? He says, and he said, behold, I make a covenant. All right, now he's saying, now listen, this is a spiritual, eternal uh, contract, okay? It's not a it's not a contract to buy a car, and then you don't like the car, six months later you trade it in, lose $5,000, and get a new car that you're not going to, but you can't trade it in because you're so upside down on it. That's not what this is. This is not just a, let's, let's try this out and see if it works. This is not, let's move in together and see if we like each other. That's not a biblical concept. It's not a biblical idea. It's not how we do business. The way we do business is we make lifelong commitments. We make life-altering commitments. We commit ourselves to him, and he commits himself to us in that he gave us his only begotten son. So God has made the ultimate commitment, and he requires the ultimate commitment from us. So he says, Behold, I make a covenant. Before all you people, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. Now, he's done some marvelous things for these people. Now, you got to know that. The ten plagues of Egypt are pretty awesome. Now, they weren't awesome for Egypt, but they are pretty awesome. And you go through those plagues, and that is powerful stuff. By the way, didn't end there. The Red Sea, you remember that? Parting the Red Sea? 
powerful stuff. And don't discount the pillar of fire at night and the cloud by day that he led them by. That's uh, pretty neat stuff. We would love to have a cloud of fire at night, a pillar by day, a cloud uh, by day and a pillar of fire by night. Wouldn't you? I would love to have that. That's a that would be per, something pretty. We'd be putting definitely taking pictures and putting it on social media. It would be far better than some of the pictures that we put on social media. It would be something that everybody'd be amazed by. Would love to have that. What about the water out of the rock? That's pretty neat stuff. Uh, what about the manna on the ground every morning? You know, sometimes we take for granted the good things, the amazing things that God is doing for us each and every day. We take them for granted. But, you know, for me not to have to work for my bread <clears throat> and for God to provide it for me is uh, a pretty awesome experience. Is a powerful, awesome experience that God uh, gives us. By the way, when he says, behold, I'll make a covenant. What he's saying is, I'm going to have an eternal spiritual relationship with you. And before, and he says, before all you people, I'll do marvelous. I'll be, do marvels such as not been seen and have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among you who will, who who are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do among you. What he's saying is, you're going to see me do big stuff for you. And by the way, he said that to them as a foreshadowing of what he was going to do for us. And by the way, he, he did it for us. He does it for us. He does big stuff for us. And, and that happens when we follow his plan, and that's what this plan's about. He's laying out, he's laying out what he's going to do. And that's what you always do in, the, in these covenant relationships, right? You lay out the plan of what you're going to do. God comes in and Moses says, will you please come up and be with us? And even though we're stiff-necked people, we want to be your inheritance. And God says, okay, I will. I'm going to make a covenant with you, a spiritual. I, say, I keep saying it over and over again because you got to pound it in. Our hard-hearted and our stiff-necked and our prone-to-wander brains, we got we got to pound it in there. A spiritual, eternal contract with you. And he's going to do marvels which have not been seen, marvels that are great for us today that have not been seen before. And he's, he, says, uh, he says, and all the people among you who shall work, uh, who shall see the work of the Lord for his awesome thing that I'll do. He says, I am going to make a covenant and I am going to do great things for you. He says, now, this is what you've got to do. You've got to observe what I command, meaning keep your eye on who I am. Now you go, how do you get that out of that? Observe means to watch. And command, remember, his commandments are a defining of his character. So his commandments are the things which he says define his nature. It is a whole definition of who his nature is. Now, Jesus is the fulfillment of that nature. So you have the law that is the definement. He's defining his nature. Jesus is living it out in a human body. He's the fulfillment of his nature. But what are we supposed to do? Because we're New Testament creatures, we're supposed to observe him and uh, his commandments. Jesus is the fulfillment of those commandments, so we're supposed to observe Jesus and walk as he did. Now, in the Old Testament, all they had was commandments. But in the New Testament, now we've got Jesus, and we're supposed to observe him. Watch him. Watch him. And let me tell you something. That's one of the greatest ways for me to learn. If you said in athletics, Chad, how did you learn best? I watched somebody do it. I oftentimes 
had difficulty really grasping the concept of how to do whatever I was trying to do athletically until I saw somebody do it. And then I would try to mimic how they did that. And that made me successful at it. That same concept of watching God or watching Jesus or following him is is how we grow spiritually. He says, observe what I command you this day. Behold, I'm driving. Now, notice, he says, "If you, I want you to watch me and watch what I'm doing. I'm dra- driving out the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Parasites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. There you go. We're going to watch him drive them out. What he's doing is he's driving. Remember, these represent the demonic. They represent the powers of darkness that control the goodness of God's promises that are on the earth. Do you hear what I said? The the Canaanites represent the powers of darkness, which were in control of the goodness and the plan of God for his people on the earth. All right. That's what they represent. And what is God saying? I'm going to drive them out. Watch me drive them out, which means you got to want them driven out of your life, too, by the way. you got to want the darkness that's in your life to be driven out. And that's what God is in the business of doing for you. He's in the business of driving out the darkness. And you need to, and the only way for us to experience that is we need to watch God's commandments, the fulfillment of his character, and the ultimate fulfillment of his character is Jesus. He's the fulfillment of the law. He's the fulfillment of the prophets. He's the fulfillment of the whole Old Testament covenants. And so we watch Jesus. We learn how to walk as Jesus did. And he drives out the Amorites, the Canaanites, all the mites out of, out of the land of promise. He drives them out of Canaan. He says, take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you're going lest it be a snare in your midst, which means, he says, don't contract with them. Don't love the world. This is what we're talking about in 1 John. Notice, the same plan, add Jesus, plan A plus Jesus equals God's ultimate plan for mankind. Plan A, Old Testament, Jesus, the fulfillment of the Old Testament, add them together, and it's God's ultimate covenant and plan for our lives. And so what does he say? Behold, I'm driving out from before you, the Amorites. He says, don't, and when I drive them out, don't go back to them. Don't go and make a relationship with them. Don't do that. Uh, That's really, if you want to really know the truth, That right there, that's the crux of how we learn to live the Christian life. That's the uh, meat of the matter, if I can say it that way. That's the big stuff. He says, he says, don't do that. Don't get all caught up in that kind of stuff. Stay out of it. Stay away from it. Get away. Get your hands off of it. Don't have that relationship. (sighs) Wow. Lots more to go through because, you know, there's more of it. And by the way, like I said, 
This is just one of those passages just nestled in Exodus 34 where God gives us his plan of how to have a relationship with him that's a foreshadowing of the New Testament plan that's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. This happens all out throughout Scripture. You can find it in, in the next few books of the Bible. You're going to find it in Joshua, Judges, full of it, Judges. Uh, each judge comes up and you get it and you, God says, gives them aspects of his plan. And boy, then yeah, then you've got First and Second Samuel, you've got David. Yeah. Just keep going through scripture. Psalms talks about it. Proverbs talks about it. All these things, all these books going to give us and then they fulfill in Jesus Christ. And then boom, uh, God is showing us how to live our lives. Living it out is the hard part, right? Just because I can watch somebody do something athletically when I was young and had that athleticism didn't mean that I could do it well and do it right and do it perfectly the first time and the truth is rarely did I but over time being disciplined walking with God you can get it right you can get it done the way God has it for you and by the way his nature and his way he does things placed into your life is a powerful life-altering tool for yourself and the world around you the people that you live with and that's what God wants for us that's what God desires for us I pray that you'll have that. I pray that you'll see that and you'll walk in it and that your life will be a life that is lived with God in your midst and you as his inheritance, as verse 9 says. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.